Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Uh, After the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat, so here's Mount Ararat-ish, uh, it's speculated that people immigrated southward. They follow the rivers. Remember I told you last week, all of these rivers follow the mountains and they, they come down here through Ur, uh, Garden of Eden, somewhere in this area, and then into the Persian Gulf. And so, so people tend to follow, I kind of lost the color on that map, but all of this is green, real green. Uh, if you're gonna migrate, um, you're gonna migrate where there's vegetation, where animals and plants and Food is easily produced. So the idea is that, that uh, civilization went from Noah's Ark and then it kind of scattered down through here into this area called Mesopotamia all the way down into Ur. And Ur is an important part of the story because there in Ur, there was a man named Terah and he lived in Ur. It's also referred to as Ur of the Chaldeans or Ur of the, it's the Babylonians is what it ends up being. Um, so, so Terah, he lives there. He has three sons, Abram, Nahor, and a guy named Haran. Haran the, probably the youngest son, he died there in Ur. Later on, Terah and his sons, uh, Abraham and Nora, and their wives, they decide to take a little trip and they go up to Haran, to a, a town called Haran, which by the way is, is, a, is a place where there's a lot of commerce. There's roads that go through here. So it's a, it's a, it's a city. Does that make sense? So you have as, as people migrate from Noah's Ark, after it landed, they would have scattered down this way. They scattered this way. This place is uh, it's a commercial town. It's, uh, it is here in Haran that God speaks to Abram. I think that uh, I, I was often under the understanding that Abram was down here in Ur when God spoke to him. But as we look at the text, you're going to see he's here in, in Haran. So the Lord, Genesis 12... <laughs> Genesis 12, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to, uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I, it's hard for me to read from a different translation when somebody else is reading from a translation. Uh, but you can follow along on the screen as well. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. This is all ha- happening in Haran. So they've gone there. They've been there for a while. The previous verse, the previous chapter tells us that uh, Terah lived uh, like 205 years. And so he had been there. The family had been there in Haran for quite a while. So the Lord said to Abram, uh, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land where I will show you. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Follow this. Get your brain around this as I read it because it's just, this is, this This is one of my favorite texts in all of scripture. Go to the land, I'll show you. Doesn't tell him where, just show you, trust me. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt All the families, read this with me. Are are you with me? Do you see where I'm at? Is that big enough you can see it? I want you to read this last verse with me, or this last sentence. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. 
my goodness. I mean, I'm living my life hoping I can just bless my wife. God's promise to Abraham is that through Abram, all the families on this little blue planet are going to be blessed through Abram. Abram and Sarai had settled down in Haran, in Haran. Uh, they, had, they were there with all their extended family. Here in Farmington, we understand that because this is the land of entrapment. You know, we have family, so it doesn't matter if you go away, you're going to come back. Why? Because this is where your family's at. So all the family is there in Haran. They've lived there for quite a while. Uh, Abram and Sarai, they... They have a nice place. It's close enough to town that they can shop. It's far enough away that they have some privacy. Maybe they have a little bit of land. They have plenty of family and friends that are close by. The camel traffic isn't too bad in their neighborhood. There's a... I keep going, Brent. And then God comes along and says, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Can you imagine? I mean, I am a planner. Diane's more of a planner, but I like to have a plan. I'm perfectly fine. This is why Diane and I vacation well together is because she makes a plan. I don't have to be a part, part of making the plan, but whenever it's time to go, I know what the plan is. If Diane ever came to me and said, Brent, we're going on a vacation tomorrow, and I said, where are we going? And she said, I don't know. I would say, I'm not going. You would too. Yeah. So God comes along to Abram and he says, hey, uh, now that you've settled in and you have a house and you have some crops planted and you have some animals out in the plat pasture and, and you have plans and you have people around town who know you and your family and you're, you're kind of in the community, you're upwardly mobile. Life is good. Hey, Abram, I want you to leave where you are and everyone you know and go to a place. Trust me, I'll show you. It's going to be great. So Abram goes and tells Sarai, right? And what does she say? Is there a target there? At least a Walmart. Do they have a mall? Is there, is there an Ulta? <laughs> it even, yeah. But look closely at God's promise here to Abram, Abraham. He's not Abraham yet. I put Abraham in my notes, but it's Abram still. In verse two, he says, I will make you, he's speaking to Abram, not a man of any specific greatness, he just is a regular guy. I will make you into a great nation. We know how that story goes. Abram is going to have a son that is named Isaac, and Isaac is going to have a son named Jacob, whose name is going to be changed to, anybody? Israel. And that is the beginning of the Hebrew people, the nation of Israel. But that's not all. God is not only thinking of a nation of, a nation of biological descendants, I'm being distracted this morning. You know, when you get together at Christmas and there's like 40 people and they're all biological relatives and you're like, oh, this is crazy. Imagine a nation of relatives. Oh, Lord. <laughs> God is not only thinking of a nation of biological descendants. God is promising Abram to be a great nation of people of faith. People who are followers of God, even when they don't know where God is going. 
Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. You do it too. We say, I'm a follower of God. We say it every Sunday morning. I'm a follower of God. And then Monday, God says, hey, I need you to be more kind to this person. And you're like, uh-uh. That person's a jerk. I don't trust you, God. And you go be nice to them, right? I'm going to stay over here and watch. We'll follow God until he tells us, go where I'm, uh, trust me, trust me. And we're like, yeah, no, you tell me where we're going, how we're going to get there, and how it's going to work out in the end, and then I'll go. Nope. God is promising Abram, a great nation of people of faith, people who are followers of God, even when they don't know where God is going. He goes on in this, and he says, I will bless you. God will bless you, Abram, and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. God promises blessings and fame. That's nice. Abram is a patriarch, in the event you didn't think this through, Abram is a patriarch in Judaism, Christianity, and even in Islam. That's pretty famous when you're a major character in three world religions. I'll make you famous. Verse three, he says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Do you see the picture that, that God is painting here? He's watching out for Abram. He says, I'm gonna watch out for your people forever and ever. If, if they bless you, then I'll bless them. If they curse you, then I'm going to curse them if, you're, if they treat you with contempt. So, so I, uh, while I was going through this, I'm thinking uh, there was, back in elementary school, there was a guy named Anthony Gonzalez. I lived in uh, North Texas, up in the Panhandle. It just happened that there were several guys named Anthony Gonzalez. But this one, uh, to, differentiate, to differentiate, in elementary school, his nickname was The Tank. He was a big guy. He was a good friend of mine. Uh, he and I were both from the same side, the wrong side of the tracks. And so we played in the same vacant field. It was not a park. It was not a playground. It was a place to get tetanus. But that was our side, and we were friends. And so we went, when we went to school, I was, uh, believe it or not, I was a very small child uh, relative to other kids. And so the tank was my friend in elementary school, you know, where the gangs start. And if you were nice to Brent, then the tank was nice to you. If you were not nice to Brent, then the tank was not nice to you. And that's what I see in this picture. Abram has this big brother, and his name is God. Holy, you can go to school with some confidence when you know that God is watching your back. That's, that's amazing. And then finally, he says, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you, Abram. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. How is it that all the families on the earth can be blessed through Abram? This promise is bigger than one man. This promise is bigger than one generation, one point in time. This is a promise that has eternal significance. We call this the Abrahamic covenant. And if you go on Thursday night, not this Thursday night or next Thursday night, but the next Thursday night, Daniel will teach you about the Abrahamic covenant. Or maybe they already went through it. I don't know. Too late. You missed it. 
Through one man, Abram, just a simple man, God is promising to bless the entire world of families. Does that just not, that gives you this goosebumps? It makes me so happy because I think that's just so cool. God is so powerful. He worked through one simple man. Verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord instructed. He obeyed. He didn't listen to his wife whenever he said, no, there's a Sands Motel there, but there's not a Walmart. Sands Motel. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, uh, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth. So we're assuming he was a wealthy. Abram has some wealth. He, w- he probably was the firstborn of the sons. And so he stands the inher- He got the inheritance of, of his dad, Terah. Uh, so he has some wealth. He has his livestock and all of the people he had taken into his household in, Her- in Haran. So he had been there for a while. He has servants. He has people that are part of his household now and headed for the land of Canaan. So this is a significant group of people and animals that are traveling. Oh, we do have a map. How cool is that? This is why we do this. So they're going to leave Haran. They're going to be traveling all the way. This would have been a a well-worn route by this time. And they're headed down here. I'm getting ahead of myself to Shechem. So when they arrived in Canaan, that's kind of the greenish part down there. I didn't realize how much color we lose on on our projector here. When they arrived in Canaan, uh, when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. Uh, There he set up camp beside the oak at Moreh. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. It's an important little detail that the writer is plugging in there. This area is inhabited. It's not just a vacant land. The Canaanites live there. So just Going back here, 70, Abram is 75 years old. Listen to me, church. Doesn't matter how old you are, God can use you, okay? So, so, well, let the young people do it. No, 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 let God use you. I don't care how old you are. If he can use a donkey, he can use somebody 75 years old, okay? So stay in there, stay in there, don't, don't quit. At 75 years old, Abram followed the instructions of the Lord. Even though these instructions are a little bit crazy, Abram follows the instructions of the Lord. Abram and entourage travel slowly, I assume, with animals, women, children across the rocky desert. He goes to the land that uh, has people living there already, uh, the city of Shechem. By the way, uh, just I, I ended up having to do a lot more research to uh, to do this. Um, and so I do all this research throughout the week and then I have to weed out all the things that don't need to be said because we don't have enough time. And so then I end up back to just the simple story. So they come through here. Uh, Shechem is here. It was a fortified city. It had big walls. To this day, you can go to Shechem and you can see where they have excavated the walls of Shechem that it's possible Abram you know, leaned on while he was going through Shechem. Because it's a real place. This is not fantastic stories out of a fairy tale book. These are real places that really happened, real story. God promised Abram. Oh, did I finish? He built. Oh, 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 I just, I scrolled too fast. Verse seven, here we go. Verse seven. Then the Lord appeared to Abram 
Again, that's a really big deal. We're not going to camp out there. But the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land, give this land to your descendants. So Abram is here. He's probably got some land. God says, leave. He goes down here. He gets to Shechem. And it's at this point, after God has told him, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation and all these, all these things. Then he says, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. I think that that's, I mean, if God shows up to you in the desert and says, I'm going to give all of this to your descendants, that's a reason to worship. After that, they traveled south and set up camp in the hill country of Bethel, uh, down here, and I. So they traveled down here, and then they are going to travel all the way down here to the Negev. Uh, then he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. He worshiped the Lord, and then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. Uh, God promised Abraham the land, or Abram, the land of Canaan. Now, this is kind of cool. While I was doing research. So while Abram travels through the land, this little orange part is the part that Abram probably put eyes on that he could see, okay? So Abram, as he travels the road, and he didn't drink as much coffee as I did, so it's this orange part right here. That's the part that Abram sees. And God is saying, this is the land I'm going to give to you. This green part is the part that whenever Israel comes back years later and they're going to take the land, this is the part that Israel is going to inhabit. Do you see what's happening here? Abram, I'm going to give you this land. Years later, Abram's descendants have this as their inheritance. This is something else. Don't worry about that. That's, that's where all the people got COVID. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> yeah. God promised Abraham a lot of land. Abraham, very coolly, he's like, okay, God, he builds an altar and he worships God. And then hundreds of years later, Abram's descendants come back and they take not the orange spot, they take and they inhabit the green spot. I want to make a point here. The land that Abram could see with his eyes was a small part of the land God was promising to Abram. Similarly, the family that Abram could see God blessing because God comes along to Abram and says, I'm going to bless your family. And he's like, oh, you know, my two sons and all their, my kids and all these other people. And it's going to be, he doesn't have any kids at this point. Uh, all of his extended family that he's traveling with, he's like, oh, God's going to bless this little group of people. Yay, God. The family that Abram could see God blessing was a small part of all the families on the earth that God would bless throughout time, throughout time, throughout time. When God promises, when God promises, he delivers far beyond what we can imagine. Seems like there's a verse in the New Testament about that. Are you with me? We have this small little window into the promises of God, and we're like, oh, God's going to do something good for me. And then whenever he doesn't do what we think is good, we get upset. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're peeking through this little peephole at the promises of God, and you, you don't even have a clue how great 
God's promise is. The promised land was more than dirt and rocks and an occasional oak tree. The promised land is a concept of reunification with God that reaches throughout time and eternity. The promised land points to a time of supernatural belonging and salvation. Does that make sense? It's not just dirt. So much more. Pointing toward what Jesus is going to do down the road. Speaking of, number two. Here we go, a son of promise. I got to hurry up. Oh. So, yeah, okay. So whenever I put pictures of maps in my notes, I lose all concept of time because it doesn't space right. A son of promise. Here we go. So we had a land of promise. Now we have a son of promise. Let's fast forward through the story. Abraham and Sarai, they take a trip to Egypt. Okay. So here they go. They go from, uh, well, they were up here in Shechem. Now they're going to go to Egypt. And then the arrows, they came right back. Okay. We're back from Egypt. Uh, Abraham and Lot, they separate. Lot's going to take his group of people and look across the valley. And he says, no, I think that this is better. So uh, Lot's going to, Lot, that's uh, Abram's nephew. He's going to take his little entourage and they're going to go over here. And you remember the stories of Sodom and Gomorrah, actual things here on the map. That's where they happen. That's the real deal. Uh, Abram ends up settling here in Hebron, and that's where the story's going to kind of pick up. He's 99 years old at this point, and here's what happens in uh, Genesis chapter 17. Um, when Abram was 99 years old, so he's starting to get a little snow in his beard. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him again and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Again, that just gives you gooseberries. I don't even know what that is. Goosebumps. Serve me faithfully. Here's what the Lord God Almighty says. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Is God asking too much? Live a blameless life. Just don't be a jerk. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless Descendants. Now, keep in mind, at this point in the story, Abram's wife, Sarai, has not been able to get pregnant. They have no children. She is barren and has been for a long time. At this, Abram fell down on his face to the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Not just make your people a great nation. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. This is a man who has no children. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. So this, this covenant passes on. It's not just with Abram. It goes on and on and on. This is, what does it say? The everlasting covenant. Oh. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, 
Where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. The eternal God comes to Abraham now and makes an everlasting covenant with Abraham. Then God said to Abraham, Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. That's important. Yes, I will bless her richly and I will become, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. That makes you a proud parent, right? Some of you identify, some of you are like, oh, I just hope that they move out of my house. I don't care if they're a king, just. <laughs> then Abraham, I think I just heard some, someone, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. This is funny because always before God speaks to Abram and he worships God, now he, he puts his head down to the ground and he laughs to himself in disbelief. Because there's that moment in time for all of us where we're like, God has lost his marbles. <laughs> He's crazy. He's not, not being sane. This is Abraham's moment where he laughs to himself in disbelief. How can I become a father at the age of 100? He thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, because I skipped this part of the story, Abraham has another son. He says, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. So Abraham's like, I'll go along with God's delusion. And, and we'll put this on, obviously he's talking about Ishmael because I can't have kids, Sarah can't have kids. God's often, he's losing it. So may Ishmael live under your special blessing, God. But God said, no, Sarah, your wife, bonehead. That's in the original language. Uh, so Sarah, I'm kidding. Your, Sarah, your wife will give birth to a son for you. You're not listening, Abram. You will name him Isaac. I'm telling you the specifics. And I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. We have this again, this everlasting covenant. I'm not just doing this with you, Abraham. This is a covenant that lasts with God's people forever and ever from unable to bear children to being pregnant with the son of promise. That's pretty cool. A son named Isaac will be born to confirm the covenant of God. Now, had Sarah not been barren before this, then, then Sarah getting pregnant with the son of promise is no big deal. She just got pregnant again. She's gone 90 years not getting pregnant. Now, not only has she been barren, but she's past the age of, of having children. And now there's going to be this miracle confirming that Abraham has not lost his mind, but is in fact repeating the words of God Almighty. There's going to be a boy born to Sarah and Abram, confirming the covenant of God, an everlasting covenant. It is, it is through the descendant of Abraham's son, Isaac, that I'm skipping, fast forwarding in the story, okay? You okay? You, you get whiplash this morning because we're going so fast. It's through the descendant of Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac, that God's only son will be born. 
Think God was making a plan? Oh, thousands of years before Jesus was a twinkle in his daddy's eye. That doesn't make any sense in this case, but anyways. <laughs> God already had a plan and he was mapping out the plan and he's revealing the plan to Abraham. And then he tells the story and he reveals the plan to us. And similar to when Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice in Genesis 23, I wanted to get to it this morning, but we just don't have time. Very similar to when Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Remember, they go up on the mountain. God, he's about to kill uh, Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice to God and obedience to God. And God stops him. Very similarly, God will offer his very own son as a sacrifice for the sins of those who, like Abraham, will believe and obey and follow God, even when we don't know where he's going. Those are the people that are descendants of Abraham. Those are the people who are brought into the family of God because of the son of God, the son of promise. Not just the son Isaac, but the son of God, the son of promise. God does not give all the details when he gives us instructions. He gives a promise. And then he gives us enough instructions for us to obey. He expects us to follow him in faith. Does that make sense? Well, I'm waiting for all the details, Brent. You're not gonna get all the details. He gave us enough details for us to follow him, even whenever it doesn't make sense, to follow him in faith to salvation that he has miraculously, divinely, graciously prepared for you and I. You've been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We would like to invite you to one of our service times at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.